0: Earlier in June, over 300 people attended an experimental ChatGPT-powered church service at St. Paul's Church in the Bavarian town of Fürth, Germany, reports the Associated Press. The 40-minute service included the text generated by OpenAI's ChatGPT chatbot and delivered by avatars on a television screen above the altar. Oh, boy. (laughs) We should have a conversation about AI. We'd be like the first to do that, right? No one's talking about this stuff. Let's give it a shot. Once again, everybody, welcome to this episode of In Process here with Redmond Presbyterian Church. My name is Austin Ashenbrenner, I'm the pastor here at RPC and your host for this podcast. It's good to be with you and uh, thank you again for tuning in with us uh, for this episode. As you heard in the intro, today we're going to talk a little bit about AI. Yep, it's that topic that is almost everywhere you turn. Uh, From search engines, to companies, to our phones, to the stock market, and everywhere in between, uh, AI is on everyone's mind. What does it mean for us? What is it going to do to our world or our our culture? How will it affect our jobs? Will it destroy us all? These are all the big existential questions uh, that this very powerful tool is bringing up. And the reason we're talking about it in today's episode is because, as we mentioned in the intro, uh, there was recently uh, in Germany during uh, uh, basically a big church conference. It was the, the, um, the Congress of, let me see if I can get the, the exact term right, the German Evangelical Church Congress. So big church gathering or conference of, of all of these church leaders gathered together. And, and one particular pastor during that time said, Hey, I want to try something a little different. I want to lead an entire worship service. Uh, but the whole service will be generated and delivered uh, via AI. So the service was created by an AI chatbot, and it was delivered through a voice generated program with uh, avatars on a, on a screen. So no real people were involved in the leadership of this worship service. And what was interesting, if, uh, and I'll, uh, if I can be tech savvy for a second, I'll try to link, uh, put a link to the, the article that I read about this service in, in the show notes of this particular episode. Um, but as this service happened, the results were a bit mixed. There were um, folks who said they were surprised that it was better than they anticipated. There were others who said uh, it lacked heart and soul. Interesting word choice. Um, and again, others who said, you know, they thought it would have been worse, but they see the the promise that it could get better, that it could work. The pastor who came up with the idea and was interviewed for the story suggested that AI moving forward could provide, in his words, quote, ideas for sermons and could expedite the sermon writing process, freeing up pastors to devote more time to individual spiritual guidance. An interesting thought for sure. I was forwarded this article this week by actually a couple of close friends, uh, one uh, in in ministry, um, the other not and and all of them you know jokingly saying, well, looks like your your day has come, your your job is in jeopardy or in some cases uh, one person sent it to me with just literally one word in the email and the word was, terrifying. Um, and as I read it, I thought, I'll be honest, uh, I've been a little head in the sand about AI up until this point. Um, it hasn't changed my life significantly. It hasn't uh, changed the way that I write emails or write sermons. but I'm I'm paying attention to the news. I know that it exists and that it's around. Um, but as I read this article, as I began thinking more about it, I, I began to realize I, I have some thoughts, I have some reactions uh, to this this experience and to this this service certainly, but also the questions that it's bringing up. I don't want to suggest that I have answers or I've got uh, brand new uh, thoughts that no one else has has come up with, uh, but I did want us to talk about it because I think it takes us. And by us, I mean uh, people who who attend church, people who think about church uh, into some interesting places, interesting corners of this conversation. So I want to first talk about the friend who sent this to me with that single word in the email, terrifying, right? This is terrifying. And I... And I get that. I get why people, especially pastors like myself or, or people who work in in areas of uh, church ministry would be freaked out by something like this. This is a pretty typical reaction um, to to AI showing up is one of our first anxieties is it's going to make us obsolete. You know, first-year lawyers are being told right now that AI can do pretty much everything that, that uh, most entry-level lawyers at a law firm do. What does that mean uh, for a career like, like in the legal profession that for years has, has been uh, sturdy, has been something that you can count on? And now all of a sudden, uh, even highly educated lawyers are being told um, they might be phased out to some degree. The thought that we can be replaced or found obsolete is is frightening for a lot of different reasons. Certainly, within the church, this brings up uh, additional layers of fear or anxiety because you know you're talking about uh, the expression of of something bigger than just spreadsheets and and budgets. You're talking about uh, an experience of the divine. You're talking about um, the the very nature of God and and to hand that over to a computer feels like we're losing something essential and 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 so then that's the question are we is 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 that what's happening I'll begin by saying I, I don't want this to come off sounding like I'm uh, you know a, a, a cranky middle aged pastor telling AI to get off my lawn uh, I want to begin by saying I, I can recognize that there are some obvious and wonderful applications for AI for ministry and, and and for the church certainly I think about things like the fact that AI can can use translation software and make uh, worship services available in in a variety of languages easily at the push of a button in real time I think about uh, my time in in the Midwest, and I think about churches in far flung rural areas that perhaps don't have access to uh, to a pastor on a weekend and week out basis, and and maybe for them something like this could be a helpful substitute. Uh, those are just two that come to mind. There might be other areas where where AI capabilities could could benefit the church. So I don't want to paint this all in a negative light, or or suggest that. AI is, is, is bad, 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 or, or anything like that. But when we see this church service in Germany, which by the way, people lined up for hours to attend, probably because it was a a novel idea, it brings to mind the questions of what assumptions are, are we making or, or are being revealed in us about worship and about church in in this moment right oftentimes these are assumptions that just live just beneath the surface that we we think we take for granted that's why they're assumptions we think they're true and then something like this comes along and starts to to challenge those and and make us uh name explicitly the thing that that we're holding implicitly for example if chat GPT can write a sermon and a prayer of the people and, and a blessing and, and can you can press play and it can take care of the service without any human action. Is it possible that one of our assumptions about worship is that it's a place where ideas or information is transferred that pastors produce good ideas or we call them sermons that we we you know pull from from reading scripture and then parishioners, people who sit in the chairs or in the audience or in the pews, receive those ideas and, and they're helpful for uh, weekly living, right? That, that worship is a place where ideas are exchanged, right? If that's the case, then yeah, ChatGPT could probably do what I do better and faster, certainly faster and, and over time perhaps could do a better job at exchanging ideas and information. Another assumption is, is worship something that we can observe and critique that is external to us, right? So in this experience in Germany, they sat, they watched this screen and they came away and told reporters what they liked or didn't like. This was an experience that was external to them that they were critiquing, that they were uh, commenting on. If that's our assumption, okay, then again, ChatGPT might be able to put on a good show, might be able to produce something that is um, objectively, excuse me, objectively a bit better, right? Or does that assumption also uh, bring up the other possibility or or make us ask the question uh, is rather worship something where uh, we come communally uh, to participate in something that we are drawn into that happens within us, not just external to us, right? So this moment of this AI, uh, church service asks us to consider that because if worship is uh, a service or it's a production, then worship service leaders and pastors like myself should be terrified, right? That, that our jobs are up for grabs. AI will do what we do better and faster very soon. But, on the other hand, and this is what I think is the helpful conversation that we get to have now because of AI, is perhaps on the other hand, worship is something else. Perhaps it is an act of what we say in the church, incarnation or in in fleshed reality where together we bring our whole selves into connection with the physical reality of Christ that we experience in the waters of baptism that we experience in the bread and the cup of the Lord's table that we experience in the smile of a child or in the presence of a friend that we experience in the welcome of a stranger, right? These are things that are different than just exchanging ideas or or watching a, a produced show. Right? And if this perhaps is what worship is, then I don't think we have to worry so much about AI's presence or AI's contribution perhaps to worship. If anything, this moment doesn't terrify me. It it frankly it excites me, although that might be a little overly rosy, that we might be moving into a time where we get to ask really important questions about what we affirm together that we're doing in worship when we gather together. Like, what is it that we are doing in that room together? And in my experience as a, as a local church pastor for a long time, we haven't had clarity around that question. Some of us are there to hear music, some of us are there to hear a good, a good message that'll propel us into the busy work week. Some of us are just looking for a calm moment in the storm of a busy life. But perhaps this moment of AI gets us all together into a conversation about what is it that that we're doing together in this place? Because again, if it is just a production, uh, there's lots of places we can experience that. I recently read, um, a, a musician, uh, reflecting and, the, the notes of a book that somebody had written about his music that, that his concerts were, were not meant to be religious services, but for some people, he said, I, I notice from up sta- on stage, my concerts are spiritual experiences. People come there and, and they're connected with something bigger than themselves. Right? And so it makes you wonder is, is that perhaps what church is? Could 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 that replace what it is that we do? So maybe instead of freaking us out, AI is helping us to think about again what is it that, that, that worship is. Romans 12 asks us to consider our very lives as a living sacrifice, as an act of worship before God, right? This enfleshed, incarnate reality, this, this physical reality. Reality of who we are—that we need to bring our, ourselves together uh, in community to experience God's love—and and, and that doesn't mean that things like online church services are are antithetical to that, but it but it does heighten our need for for connection in in this reality. Uh, late author and, and theologian Rachel Held Evans uh, had too many good thoughts about about church and worship uh, in her short time and in her many writings. Um, and I, I don't have this exact quote in front of me, but but I remember reading something uh, from her. Maybe it was a, a speech she'd given at a conference. Um, my wife likes to repeat these words often that Rachel Held Evans was talking about, you know, what is it that that millennials are looking for in worship? And she writing as a millennial said, you know, uh, I don't I don't come to church to, to hear a good message. If, if I did, I, I could just get on you know, the computer and listen to a TED talk if that's what I was looking for. I don't come to church to hear uh, the best music in the world. If I, If I wanted that, I can turn on the radio or I can you know turn on my my Spotify account and, and hear wonderful uplifting music. She said, church is unique because it's the only place I can go in the world where they will wipe ashes on my forehead and remind me that I am going to die. Church is the only place where I can come and and, and receive the bread and, and the cup broken and poured out as a reminder of Christ's death and resurrection for me. Right? Church is the only place where I can come and, and be reminded of of the power of, of resurrection uh, both uh, through Christ and, and in my life as well. One of the ways that that got uh, played out long, further is, is kind of under the heading of church needs to remain peculiar or weird in those ways, right? Not streamlined, not efficient, not flashy or showy or all the things that uh, perhaps chat GPT and AI could do for us, but rather, Church is this interesting place where something different is happening that we are drawn together uh, through through this interaction of our collective lives together, our our whole stories, our whole lives, our experiences together as a community. And so the question is, how does worship draw us into an experience of the living God incarnate or present to us in these tangible and 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 physical? relational ways. I don't want to present all that as, as if to say, see, we got you beat chat GPT. You can't touch this, but to say, this is what we need when we encounter God in, in worship. If technology ever moves in a direction that helps us to do that, to advocate for the, the poor and and the disenfranchised to speak on behalf of uh, those who are marginalized and, and pushed aside, if if technology and, and chat GPT ever helps us to seek greater peace in our world and in our communities and and to know and love God and to love our neighbors, Wow, you know let's let's talk about that. Let's let's pay attention to that. But if chat GPT can just figure out a way to amass, uh, a bunch of different prayers for, that it's found from all over the internet and a bunch of different scholarship that it's found on a certain scripture passage and push that into a sermon well okay that's that's a helpful tool but I'd be really cautious before calling that worship and I think that is what this moment and this interaction with AI uh, invites us to do is to to go deeper into our question of, What is worship and what are we doing and encountering in that space? I hope for our church and for churches like ours. And well, I hope for all churches that worship is a place where, again, as I've said in this episode repeatedly, that it's a place where we get to uh, encounter the physical realities, the incarnate realities of God with us in, in Jesus Christ, in, in the relationships with each other, in the relationships that we get to uh, build with our communities and our neighbors uh, in all of these ways, because that, to me, is far more compelling than the most amazing um, you know sermon that 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 a computer can spit out, or even that that I can read. I, I I want to be connected to a group of people who I can share my life with, and 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 the places that we go and 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 work. And eat and and play and and walk and and do all these things, um, that's important. And and I don't want us to lose that. So, those are the thoughts that were swirling in my head this past week as I kept getting sent uh, AI worship service articles. And uh, would love to hear your thoughts. Maybe some of you out there listening are far more versed in the world of AI than than I am or ever will be. And and if you've got thoughts on how this is in fact building us together, then I'd love to hear them. Uh, if on the other hand, you have um, a reaction to kind of how I've um, defined worship or, or what it is that we do when we gather together, I'd love to hear that as well. In all of these things, I hope that uh, that you know uh, that you are, are loved by God and that you are drawn near uh, in this place. So again, thank you all very much for joining us and listening, and I look forward to continuing this conversation with you. Um, one last note this will be our last episode until the fall so uh, thanks again for supporting us and joining us this year as we start this experiment experimental podcast and uh, we look forward to bringing you some new episodes and some, some exciting conversations uh, when we start back up in September alright, y'all have a wonderful summer and uh, we'll talk to you soon bye bye